and welcome to the Journey of a Self-Discovery podcast. Safiya Damova here, and today I will start with a story about an old experiment which was uh, held in the 80s by a French scientist, uh, René Pioc. So most of us have heard about the law of attraction, known as uh, manifesting, co-creation, cosmic ordering, and the power of intention. It centers on the belief that we attract into our lives that which we focus on. I like to call it the power of intention, and I explain why um, later. Whilst I think that some approaches to this whole subject are vastly oversimplified and tend to treat the universe as a kind of cosmic vending machine, put your request in, get your wish out, um, I do happen to believe um, in the power of intention and um, I'm going to share with you one of the reasons for doing so. So, back to the French scientist called René Pioc. Back in the back into, um, 1980s, interested in whether objects or events could be influenced by consciousness. Peok came up with a really interesting experiment to test his theories out using a small robot, programmed to move about randomly and to provide a trace print out of its movements and some newly hatched chicks. So what's with the chicks, you ask? Well, on hatching, chicks will imprint on the first thing they set eyes on and will regard it as mum irrespective of whether it's their actual mother or not. So once imprinting has occurred, it's irreversible. So um, first part of the experiment, um, Peok released the robot in the room uh, that was empty, except for the empty cage over one side. And um, the robot moved quite randomly around the room, just as you would expect it. So the second half of the experiment, Peok placed the chicks he'd imprinted on the robot in the cage and then placed the robot in the room as before with a very different result. So this time, robot stayed in the half of the room where the chicks are with some very dense trace print directly in front of the cage. Curious, don't you think? So in the first part of the experiment, with no chicks in the cage, the robot does what you would expect, just trundle all over the place. But in the second part, with the chicks now in a cage, the robot stays close to them. So what's going on here? Might those chicks be somehow drawing the robot towards themselves? Bearing in mind that the robot doesn't possess consciousness and the chicks possess at least a rudimentary consciousness, it could be argued that the chicks are somehow able to cause the robot to move towards them and keep it nearby. So this is an astonishing possibility. And the experiment done many times kept repeating the results. And according to these results, the chicks appear to be able to influence the robot's movements. On the face of it, there seems to be no other explanation for the difference in the robot's actions in the two conditions. So let's dare to entertain the apparently impossible. If the chicks are doing this, the next question is how? It's not unreasonable to argue that it could be through a powerful survival instinct. After all, as far as they are concerned, the robot is mummy, right? And instinctively, they're dependent on it. So it's their advantage to keep mum nearby. If this is true, the mechanism by which it's happening have yet to be uncovered. 
But the repeat results of the experiment provide food for unusual thought, at the very least enough to warrant continued study. So inevitably, of course, uh, mainstream science doesn't accept this, arguing the experiment is flawed without quite saying uh, how or where, and it has been called a coax. But Piok has replicated this experiment many times over decades with the same result. And you can just uh, Google it and see a video on YouTube um, and watch it. It's in French, but you can just get subtitles um, and yeah, see it for yourself. So if Piok's right, and even a simple form of consciousness may be able to influence things and events at a distance, what might be the implications of this for us humans? Admittedly, if Piok's right, it doesn't seem to be just through any old random thought that passes through the mind. Then it, it appears to have to be brought through powerful, deep-held beliefs and feelings, and not just a superficial desire. If Piok's right, those chicks would have been using their powerful survival instinct to draw their mothers to them, overriding its programming. In other words, using the power of intention. If it turns out that chicks can influence objects like this, just what might we humans be capable of? So um, now I will be back to Nina Vercoin's um, practical guide. Um, how can we influence everything around us? And basically, step-by-step -step guide to changing our own life. And everything is possible. The task of every person in the world is to realize this. This means that you become free from limiting beliefs, assert the power of the creator in yourself, and begin to create reality according to your intention. And this is going to be the guide for the next few episodes. I'll be telling you exactly how to do it. First through theory, and then practice. So Nina Verquin calls it the theory and practice of the embodiment of the desired but you can actually call it life instructions for use. After all, what kind of life is it if it passed in suffering and hardship? And we didn't even know that we could influence something, right? We didn't know that all this time our own mind was inventing new torments. So this information in a step-by-step -step guide to changing your own life, even if now it seems to you that the outside world is not subject to you. It is about how to move to the next new level of relationship with yourself and pulling up all other areas as well. You will no longer need to shift the responsibility for your failures onto the shoulders of society, the state, fate, and evil forces. This guide will return your knowledge about yourself so that you, you can create the desired reality controlling your perception and energy. And even if you consider yourself a skeptic and the ability to manage events is a fairy tale, I propose to give this small but extremely important guide a chance. Let this knowledge get into your life, be part of your life. Learn more about the field of intention, human energy, and how you can achieve what you want without titanic effort and stress. First, I would like to mention that... Um, the intention game I promised to tell you all about uh, is starting on the 1st of January. It will last 12 days. It's the longest game of the year. 
and I will give you all the rules um, just before the game. So stay with me and definitely tune in for the next episode. This is the most important game of the year. Um, Nina Dercoin is the author of this game and it's going to be more than 20,000 people taking part from around the world. But to before you start and before you join the game, I would like you to understand how the power of intention works. So um, a lot of participants of the game ask, what is the field of intention and how and why the game works at all? So I will explain it all independently. But first things first. Um, well, myth about the souls. We're used to think that every person has a soul. We believe in different things. For example, that can be the, the soul is immortal and it can move from one body to another through reincarnation. Uh, or some religions believe that the um, soul is alive when the body dies while retaining the memory, experience, and uniqueness. And then supposedly it's been taken over to a new body in which the soul will move in next time. Whatever details uh, the concept of the soul may have, the main thing that remains, we believe that souls are individual, like they're physical vessels, right? So we think that there are many souls just like bodies. But the truth is there are no individual souls. Duality or separation exists physically, but that is just how energy realizes itself here on the visual plane. Duality is the law of all bodies and matter in general. But the concept of the soul belongs to the subtle world, yeah, the energy plane. And as soon as we go beyond the manifested reality, everything merges into one. Because everything is energy, it has no beginning, no boundaries, which means that separate souls cannot possibly exist. Therefore, reincarnation, past, future lives, Karma, spirits, entities, all of this does not exist, as well as individual souls. So when we die or are in deep meditation, nothing is perceived through the prism of separation anymore. At these moments, we realize the secret unity with all that exists and that our soul is one for all. That is why we're not going to call it a soul, because a more correct name for this energy will be the higher self either God or the Creator. And you can call it whatever you like. It is all the essence of the same thing. So my higher self is your higher self. And this is more familiar to you, like my soul is your soul, everything is one. W whatever is resonates with you, yeah? So the higher self of any person, animal, plant, and other organic units is your higher self. We're not united by our mind, consciousness, or body, but precisely by our higher self, the subtle part of any living being. To make it easier for you to understand our separation on the physical plane and unity on the subtle, draw an octopus in your head. Let it have many, many tentacles and a huge head above the water. So imagine this head so large that if the tentacles looked up, they would not see it. After all, they're in the water, right? But above it, also the size of the entire universe is the head. So by this analogy, all our bodies are legs, and our higher self is the head of the octopus. We, tentacles, perfectly see each other, but not the head. And we're too busy 
this cameraing around the sand in our material world. So when we look up or around, we do not see the head. We cannot embrace it with our eyes. From this perspective, it seems as if all the legs are not connected in any way. So everyone has their own destiny and everyone is his own master. And the tentacles that are more distant from each other do not meet each other at all. Just like you and say somebody far away um, on the other side of the world, right? But if the tentacles could see the whole picture, they would recognize the huge head above the water and the fact that they are all attached to it. Likewise, all of our many bodies are ruled by one big head, big head, higher intelligence that seeps into all the living things at the same time and controls it. As you can see, since we all have one soul, it really has nowhere and no one to move to. Yes, one leg dies off, but the general consciousness continues to live in all other parts, and new tentacles will surely grow in places of the old tentacles. But this doesn't mean at all that the consciousness of the dead leg will migrate to someone. Everything is one, one substance and one energy that inhabits billions of organic bodies. So where then did the ideas of past lives come from? Why did yogis... Um, even before the experience of experiencing uni unity, believe in karma and reincarnation. So when a person being an octopus leg yeah, becomes closer to the consciousness of the big head, then as he approaches, he can penetrate into the consciousness of another leg. So in his mind, there is a glimpse of who we are, and he seems to be introduced into the consciousness of another person. And it doesn't matter, living now or someone from the past. Like as a computer has a glitch, so it can happen to a person. Be it an ancient yogi during a long meditation or a person under the influence of drugs. But they manage to feel sometimes like other people, right? So we, we hear of experiences of people who had um, uh, regression sessions or who clearly believed that they, they were in different bodies. So this is how it explains, basically. As a result, there was a natural desire to find explanation for these unusual experiences, right? Um, think, uh, how would you explain to yourself that for a while you were able to merge with the consciousness of another being? Your mind would probably begin to develop a concept that is logical to it, such as the idea of souls and the uh, reincarnations, right? So, in fact, you're just getting closer to realizing the unity of all living things. Every time a person rises from his own consciousness into the common mind of the octopus, right, he energetically becomes all living people at once. And this is why the game filled of intention and it's all related, yeah, as Ninagarcoin created it. So, how the game works? Um, the game is about unity. So when people are in the game, any division between you and others are erased. Knowing how the nature of all living things work, every time um, you consciously move into the consciousness of the higher self, and at this level, um, you will be able to make a new choice that will affect the material plane of each of the participants. So... Basically, this is what Nina is doing when there is a session of the intention game. Um, 
So there are two important nuances that determine the effectiveness of the field of intention game. First, it is impossible to make a choice for another person against his will, even being in conjunction with the highest self. So each of us as a person has freedom of choice. On a subtle plane, all participants are given only an invitation, an impulse to move to a new level. And if a person gives green light and he has enough energy resources, the transformation is successful. Secondly, the choice choice for all is subject only to people connected with the consciousness of the creator and not a single person in particular. So not a single person, like a single leg, is capable of changing anything. If someone begins to think that he can change reality for himself and other people without leaving the limits of his personality, he will be very disappointed. And all experiments to change the world, unfortunately, will end, uh, you know, in the special institutions (laughs) where the Napoleons and Jesus already live. So in the field of intention game, um, the ability to make choices originates not from the personality of Nina, who, who is the author of the game, yeah, who is the lead in the game, but from her consciousness, which uh, is rising to the level of oneness uh, with all of us. So if you think as a personality that you can just capable of changing lives, that's just not correct. So back in March 2016, I told you the story about experience of oneness. Of, uh, when Nina went through this transformation, and it was such a strong experience, and it was strongly imprinted in her memory that it stayed with her forever. And of course, she doesn't live in the state around the clock, but she knows how to deliberately get into the state. And each stream of the game, she becomes all of us, and we become her. And in these moments, together as a whole, we can make a new choice. So all work with the field of intention is based on the knowledge of the principles of one's own nature. One of the parts of the higher self rises into the general consciousness and makes a choice. And then the choice again seeps into the material plane. And each participant is given a chance to embrace these changes. And those who approve of them can see the changes in their life. And that's all the magic. So why intentions do not come true? So Nina's constant intention for every game is to fulfill the sincere desires of all the participants. That's what she puts into the unified consciousness when she gets into it. Uh, So when each of us sets a personal intention for the game, it is already in the consciousness of the higher self. The player's only task is to bring what he wants into his reality, being in the higher energy state. This impulse for change comes to all of us as soon as um, her intention hits the uh, octopus head. Yeah, Participants whose desire is not true, is not from the heart, um, and they await uh, the insights from the higher self, so they they will see, they will understand themselves that the intention was not real to this, to, from the start. And although you do not, in this case, receive the fulfillment of your intention, you gain a different value. You, you gain the hints and insights, yeah, understanding why you wish had never been realized. 
So if the intention is true and your mind free in its will accepts its materialization, then the desired changes unfolds before us. So of course, the majority um, starts to feel the fear, like, oh, I'm not ready, I'm not worth it, um, not now, I will have to pay for it or something else. So there a lot of fears arise um, only people who not know who they are um, being the creator. So the leg does not know its true nature and it's tormented by doubts. And all the blocks, in essence, are indicators of ignorance of our true self. Three factors, disagreement, uh, not accepting the changes, um, untruthfulness and of intention and resistance to changes that have already begun. That's what interferes with the fulfillment of the desires. Basically, all that is required of the participant is to be prepared. It is the player's openness to transformation that is the reason for such a large number of successful stories. So some people get lots of money, some people suddenly find a calling, some people meet the love of their life, people find out that they just got pregnant after years of trying. All these miracles happen, and I've seen thousands of people commenting on the results of the game. I've done a few games myself by now and I can tell you that during this week it feels magical it's like you have this huge uplifting push like the energy and it's actually physically um, you can feel it physically um, yeah we call it miracles so the game was created um, for fulfilling desires that's why Nina created it and this is just the first reward um, like a candy for a child to lure him and help to explore himself further. So with the free game, um, Nina gives uh, each participant to, the chance to leave what she already knows um, as, a, as a portal. Basically, the game is a portal to your future connection with the higher self. And uh, she launches each stream, not the, for the collective fulfillment of intentions as such, but in order to ignite each of us um, a desire to learn how to work with the desires, with the field, with our true self. She shows us what we are capable of, that there is a knowledge in the world in which we didn't know before or probably just forgotten. And to regain the knowledge of unity, to accumulate the powers of the creator itself, this is the path along which all we move. And today, um, it, it's our... It, this is our evolution today, and um, this is our tomorrow as well. So when she says we are one, those are not just phrases for the sake of the phrase, yeah, literally. Our unified consciousness looks at the world with our eyes. And the more of these pairs of eyes there are, the wider are the possibilities of the higher self to manifest itself. Therefore, uh, she invites as many people as possible to the game, to raise the consciousness to a higher level and each participant um, accepts this high vibration. And Nina's intention is to give energy to know the nature of ourselves. Anyone who wants to accept such an impulse successfully receives it. And after all, when we charged um, with this energy, we can also recharge. And for a person who has not yet comprehended this nature. It is very important to take 
to take it from someone else, to learn it from someone else. So through the game, the process of cognition starts. We receive signs, uh, we receive different um, tokens from the higher self, from the universe, from the universe. We begin to hear ourselves better and the effect of the game becomes stronger. And that's just the bonus you can expect. So everyone can work with the field. Um, if you wanted to work, for example, independently with your higher self, uh, could you do that? Or is it only available to very special ones? So, of course not. In terms of potential, every person on Earth can take this knowledge and develop a skill. And as you practice meditation and mindfulness, you will gain the ability to rise higher and higher in consciousness. You will be able, like Nina, to penetrate the minds of other people, merging into unity. You will be able to work with the field on your own as you are a creator and it's within your control but you need to practice and it's a skill which takes time and um, the summary basically the individual souls do not exist there is no karma reincarnation and um, all that sort of thing on a subtle plane everything is one and we have a common higher self and it is the higher self not the personality that can change reality to make a new choice it is important to be able to rise in your consciousness to the level of the higher self. And the creation of life at will is available to everyone, as well as working in the field of intention. After all, we are all one. This is going to be the end of today's session. And um, tune in in a few days. I will continue with the manifestation of the game and I will tell you more how intention can produce different results. And uh, I will uh, tell you how to formulate your intention. Have a good week.